This is Wildfire One. Once again, this is episode 53 of Nerds of the New Sexy. Thanks for listening. As always, with me is... Gambit! And with me also is... Your boy, True. You're my boy, True! You're my boy, True! All right, guys, today's episode... That's going to be my thing now. (laughs) It will be your thing. Now and forever! Today's episode... Today's episode is... We're talking about what, Gambit? We're talking about the Karate Kid. Wax on, wax off, my dick. Or bikini era. It is bikini yeah, no. era. We're talking about the Karate Kid movies. They're they're amazing. They're absolutely wonderful. Um, they're a piece of '80s nostalgia. Just absolutely wonderful, great movies that influenced a lot of martial artists and great. It's just great one-liners. There's so many good one-liners in that movie. Ralph Macho. Pat. What uh, the fuck's his name? <laughs> Pat Miyagi. Don't call me Miyagi. <laughs> Something. He's dead now. I know that. At least he didn't David Carradine himself. Oh God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's so wrong. It's so bad. <laughs> that went dark so bad, so quickly. It did. That went, that went bad so fast. Something. At Marat, Marata? Marati? Marata? I'm sorry, dude. And your first name's hard to pronounce, too. It's like Noriaki It's some Japanese dude. Yeah, Mr. Miyagi. So there's a lot of awesome nostalgia to be had with the Karate Kid movies. I mean, come on. It came out when I was a kid, and every kid wanted to be the Karate Kid, right? So let's start with where it all started, right? We're going to start off with the the Karate Kid. Uh, it uh, released in 1984. Uh, you know, honestly, that's that's the year I was born. So I was I was born in 79, so I was you know a few years old. I can remember the reruns and how big it got. I was yeah. still a twinkle in my father's eye. I was doing the crane kick in my mom's belly, so <laughs> I was influenced. No, so the, um, the basic story behind the Karate Kid. Let's hear it. Yeah, so the, the basic Karate Kid premise pretty much is a very simple one. It's a kid who moves from New York City, and I actually think he's either from New York City or Jersey. Either way, he's a Guido. He's Italian. Whatever. Uh, he moves from New York. What's the matter to- with you? What's the matter with you? Hey, hey I'm, I'm doing karate hey, here. I'm doing karate here. <laughs> I'm driving here. So he moves from New York to California, and he's a moody little bitch of a teenager. He's all mad at his mom. Like Pasadena, California. Yeah, Pasadena. Yeah. Oh, actually, which yeah, actually, Pasadena. Which is which is which is really great that they they did it in uh, Pasadena because there's so much about Pasadena that was very heavily martial arts influenced. For instance, as a lot of people know, I do martial arts. I got a black belt in American Kempo Karate. Uh, uh, the original founder Ed Parker started his schools in Pasadena. You have Bruce Lee, who was really big in uh, live actually lived in Pasadena, I believe, for a little while, or at least the surrounding cities. I know he definitely lived in San Francisco. So anyway, so he so he moves out here, and it's this. You know, and he's and he's a high school kid, right? So like, and what a worst time to move! Like, take it from a Navy kid who moved around a lot. You know, moving anytime after middle school is kind of a bitch. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, so he's got that. He's got the, the the very teenage angsty. I'm mad at my mom for getting a new job and making a better life for us. What, we what a cunt! Shitty California place. Yeah, California. It's and that's so... when California was nice. Like it was. Yeah. Than it is now. I think if that movie was to take place nowadays, that kid would be like dressed all in black clothing with the white makeup. And... My life sucks. <laughs> life sucks. So I'm gonna be in a band that resembles The Cure. So yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he moves. He moves to California, and he gets interested in a girl. Girl's ex-boyfriend's a martial art expert. It you know gets his ass beat on the beach. He takes martial arts lessons. He takes martial arts lessons to learn how to defend himself against this bully, and then we get it. we'll get more into detail. But that's basically the basic premise, right? So, um, well, that, that's know. the premise. That's the premise that people want you to believe. But have you uh, read the theories of the how game? Johnny's the good guy? Yeah, yeah, Johnny is the good guy. We get into it. So, really, when you get down to it, it really comes down to like this: like he's a new kid, and it all starts. Really, it all starts with him trying to make friends. So he's on. He's at this. He's at a beach yeah. party. Playing he's at soccer, a beach right? party. Playing soccer, yeah. He's, he's at a beach party well, playing that's soccer. He's, fucking up. he's playing the wrong sport. Yeah, he's playing the wrong sport. Doesn't he realize that's like a Mexican sport, right? Where did he hey, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. True. Is that is that is that a thing? Is that like <laughs> that is a world sport. Goal! Goal! 
So he's, oh, he's playing. Now, he, he, now, now he's, I'm gonna have to rip off my shirt and do like a lap around the room, drop <laughs> to my knees. So no, he's 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 on the beach. He's he's having a good time. He's playing soccer with his friends. In comes the love interest, is hot blonde, and she's you know gorgeous. He catches her eye, whatever, whatever, whatever. Introduce the protagonist, Johnny. You know, ex degenerate bad boy of the '80s, riding a motorcycle and shit. You know, sweep the leg, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sweep the leg, Johnny. So he rides down, and, and and you get it a sense real quick. So Johnny and the girl they start having a fight. Daniel's son is like, oh dude, I'm gonna go stand up for this girl, and you know, you know, look all badass. Gets into a fight with Johnny and gets his ass no, obliterated. Wait, wait though, wait. Now, did, do you really think he did it just to look badass and impress her, or was he just being like chivalrous? Was, do you, what do you think? Well, see, like honestly, when you when you get down to it, when you when you watch it, he is there is a bit of like chivalrous, you know, like yeah, obviously chivalrous. Yeah, Johnny. Well, Johnny and his girl are having a fight and they're having an argument, and Johnny kind of gets to be a little bit of a douchebag by grabbing her radio and like being like, "No, I want to talk to you," you know. Just look. I'm not saying what Johnny's doing right there is right or wrong, but what he's doing right there is like we've all been in that situation. You know, you broke up with your ex, you want her back, you want to talk to her, she doesn't want to talk to you. You know, so you know he does. Dan- Daniel son's like, oh dude, I- I'm gonna I'm gonna get in good with this girl and I'm gonna go save the day. You know, white so knight. He was trying to pound her snooch. Oh, he was. Oh, dope, dude. He wanted to pound that snooch for, all day. For, for, okay. for the record, for the record, True's always breaking hearts, not having his heart broke. Well, what do you think, True? Do you think he did it as a? Uh... As a chivalrous thing, or was he like just trying to pound the snoot? Uh, why not both? Yeah, and and Snooch's name is Allie. Okay, Allie, Allie the snoot. Yeah, kind of and a forgettable I, name. Yeah, it is kind of a forgettable name, right? And I was right. He actually he's moving from New Jersey. So so, anyways, so him and Allie, he's like no, pounding. If he's snooch. from New Jersey, there's the problem right there. How the fuck did he learn how to be chivalrous in New Jersey? Does he, does he wind up lifting up his shirt and saying, "We got a situation here"? Yeah. So yeah. So so the first breakout fight breaks out now. The fight is is isn't it isn't really like a fight like like Johnny it's steps one-sided. out of the way, yeah he steps out of the way he steps out of the way again then Daniel sucker moves, punches right? like yeah it's like two or three moves then Daniel like sucker punches the guy when he's trying to talk to his friends and then Johnny just lays him out with like two beautiful fucking sidekicks and a spinning kick and just lays him out so Daniel kind of deserved it yeah, yeah he, he did. Don't sucker punch well the fight's over if you can't hit the guy and he's just walking away like he was still in restraint which you know. Yeah, martial arts yeah. isn't the art of killing or anything like that. It's uh yeah. So 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 John and him getting the first fight, whatever. He's getting bullied. The apartment complex that him and his mom live in. There's a handyman that lives there by Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Yeah. Miyagi, he's awesome. Miyagi. Um, Miyagi. He calls yeah. He calls him Miyagi for like a while. It's pretty hilarious <laughs> that he just butchers his fucking name. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't do that? Yeah, I mean, 1984, like Japanese super, names. Super like, Asian me, names, dude, are, like, hard to pronounce. So us round eyes, we'll just fuck them up all day. <laughs> well, and, well and, let's, and let's be fair. I mean, let's, let's honestly be fair to, like, Japanese names. We didn't, 1984, fuck, anime was really not even making a boom over here yet. So you can forgive him for being, like, a like an ignorant New Jersey teen with that Guido accent, calling him Miyagi, you know, whatever. But then Mr. Miyagi, like... He sees him practicing karate, like, because Daniel's son is like, he first like learns karate through like a book. Yeah, like, like, remember you know, that like the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like the Ninja Turtles. Like, remember, remember that scene? He's sitting in his, he's sitting in his, yep. he's sitting in his, his, like front room of his house, practicing karate out of a Kung, book. Kung Fu for dummies and shit. Yeah, basically. And uh, and Mr. Yogi, I don't remember the whole scenario why he decides to teach him. It's uh, it's during the uh. It's after Halloween, the Halloween party. Yeah, the Halloween yeah. party. So, because he yeah, takes so off running. He's getting bullied a lot. He's getting bullied a lot by these guys, and they're fucking with him pretty hardcore. And then he decides to be a dickhole, and, like, Johnny's sitting in the bathroom rolling a, you know, rolling a spliff up, you know, and he's like, he's, and then Daniel pours water all over him, tears ass, all the Cobra Kai guys go running after him. They jump him in a back alley, and then Mr. Miyagi comes out of fucking left field and fucking saves the day by beating the shit out of a bunch of teenagers, which I'm pretty sure is illegal. You know, whatever. Mr. Miyagi was kung fu fighting. <laughs> <laughs> right, and, 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 and then that's when he decides to teach him martial arts. And here's the big kicker. This is, I think, what, you know, which really kind of fucked up the rest of the martial arts world forever. Mr. Miyagi decides to teach him karate, but he, he makes him do chores first, right? Like the first one, it, yeah, everybody knows it. He's it's wax on, wax off. This you know? all became a really big stereotype. Aren't we forgetting the part where uh, Danny was gonna join the Cobra Kai gym, but saw Johnny training and was like, nope. Yeah, that's right. 
Because he was. Oh, that's Jojo. right. That's right. Yeah, he did go into the Cobra Kai dojo. He go, well, yeah, he first originally went to the Cobra Kai dojo, and and it was just not the place for him because the co- and that's where you get to know the the instructor of the Cobra Kai dojo, uh, Sensei Douchebaggery. Yeah, he's but, a little uh, bit. He's an awesome douchebag, I got to admit. Like, yeah, the actor, yeah. Oh, he played a amazing. You just loved to hate that guy. Yeah, you really did. Like, you really, really just did not like that guy at all. Because like, you walk in, like, when he, and he's just standing there on the side of the class. He's like, "You show your enemy no mercy here on the streets or whatever." And he's just like, he's a total dickbag. Has no idea what martial arts is really about. Has some skill, obviously, because he's making high quality martial artists. But just, just a general douchebag about how we should treat our enemies and our friends and what martial arts is and it, well, everyone's an enemy after the, the asura or something like that the ones that are just the bloody fist or something yeah yeah i think that's i think that's what he follows but i i don't know if it really goes into it doesn't even really go into what karate style cobra kai even is it's just a non-generic stand no, no I, I meant the uh, i meant the term for the martial artist that just wants to kill and all that other stuff isn't that like an asura or something like that? I'm, I'm blanking on my pop culture with that. You are wrong. Oh. You 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 miss you make mistake. We fight under douchebaggery skill. Ha! <laughs> yeah, Cobra, John Kreese. Well, with the crazy. Well, see, well, here's the thing about John Kreese though. There's there's an aspect of John Kreese that we kind of forget and we kind of overlook, and that was John Kreese is an, and, and it's only very quickly if you really if you're a really big fan of the movie, and it kind of explains his mentality a little bit. Is he was ex. Special Forces yeah, Vietnam right? veteran. Yeah, yeah. So he's – so you got to get understand like Vietnam, Green Beret, living in the bush. Like this guy – He was born to be a badass. He was really yeah, born, born a badass in the military. You know, so he's probably, got a, he's probably got a screw loose, you know. And it's and funny because True just said – he was chuckling about you saying living in the bush. And I was thinking out – I was just thinking to myself, you know what's funny is it was the 80s. There were plenty of bushes to live in. <laughs> get deep in that bush. No, but like – no, see, that's one of those things where I like want to pause. I, I, I really want to pause on this because, like, John Kreese really isn't a bad guy when you think about it. Like, if you really think about, like, he probably has PTSD. He's probably not thinking about training. He probably trained being special forces. He probably was a drill sergeant in the military. So he's probably one of those wound up dudes, you know, discipline is everything, respect is everything. Well, maybe he kill went your into martial arts, a little bit of martial arts afterwards to kind of, like, quell that, you know. What do I do next? Because you know a lot of guys got military and they're like, well, well, what now? You know, yeah. Maybe that's what he did. I'm going, and that's speculation. You know that. that I mean, that yeah, it's all speculation, but it's it's just one of those little facets of the character that a lot of people overlook. That I really like to like like kind of dwell on a little bit to kind of get to know the guy. Yeah. You know, because I I like to get to know my bad guy. Like I like. Why, to know why does he act that bad. way? Is there a reason yeah. for it, or is he just a douche? Yeah, like, and, and and when you really when you really get down to it, when you really start like overanalyzing, like I do, being a super nerd, right? You kind of look at you kind of look at John Kreese and like, oh, dude, you just need some therapy, like <laughs> super nerd. This, this bitch yeah. needs some Xanax. Yeah, this dude needs a whole lot of Xanax and calm down a little bit, you know, because that's not what martial art is, you know. But you kind of start to understand him a little bit, and it's just such a like I said, I, I would really love. A John Kreese story where they go into him more, where he learned his martial art. That where would be did, he it? Did, did, did he learn it in Vietnam? Did he make his own style? I mean, obviously this is a franchise, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and speaking of the franchise, if you look at it from the first movie and you only watch the first movie, yeah, I could see that interest. But then you think about the third movie and when he makes his appearance in the third movie. He didn't learn anything. That. He didn't learn anything. But we'll get to that. <laughs> Kind of just seem like he, he just honestly seems like a douche at that point. <laughs> yeah, and 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 that's and that's the thing. But when you really watch, because like there was no expectations for sequels, you know, especially in the eighties, oh, no. you know, like when you purely watch the first movie, you're kind of like, oh my god, this guy's he's a hard ass. He's kind of a douchebag. Uh, you know, twenty years, guys, martial artist. When I see guys like this, when I and I've met guys like John Kreese, I've met instructors like them. You know, I, I had I met an instructor once that would, uh, if you crossed your arms standing he took it as disrespect and that you were challenging him to a fight and would just start fighting you right there in the gym you know and i've met instructors like that you know i've met instructors who are like all about respect like if you're not on time don't even bother showing up to class if your gi is dirty don't even bother showing up to class if Look, that's actually respectable yeah there's i mean and that's and that's what kind of what goes into it and again it's just one of those things where i like i get really into it when especially when it comes to martial art movies and 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 the underdog being the nerd and stuff like that and and then it's also you get into like the contrast of John Kreese, you know, hard pain is your is your friend, pain is your ally. We're gonna destroy our enemies, kind of martial art instructor to Mr. Miyagi, who's kind of like, hey man, let's, let's smoke a lunt, and you're gonna do and you're gonna do some chores we'll around my house. Underage, 
underage drinking here and there. Let's, yeah. So let's let's be honest. It was you know, it was a little racist, racy too at one point. You know, because because he's Asian, he knows you know martial arts better than the white guy. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, there is always in the '80s, especially, and I've experienced this now. You know, when I when I opened up my first martial arts school, people would walk in and be like, and like everybody still kind of has that mindset of like they want to learn from that old wise Asian dude. And this is gonna go off a little topic here, just speaking of martial arts scenes and movies and masters and all that. Who wouldn't want like Pai Mei as their master? You know, that way you can when you're like a fucking triple black belt at shit, you can be like, I learned from an old an old Asian man with a long beard, and every time I fucked up he hit me with a bamboo stick, you know? Yeah, and, and, that, and that's what... up and he laughed about it. Yeah, yeah well you know, and it was funny that you mentioned the bamboo stick hitting. There the martial arts when it first came out was a very hard, strict style, you know. There was a lot of instructors like that. And you know the funny thing is again when we get into the whole Asian thing and the and the white guy the stereotype type that whole thing you gotta remember what made bruce lee so popular and so famous is that he t- he teach Kwai Lo. yeah uh you know he, he teach the outsiders he teached anybody who wasn't uh chinese and now karate is a japanese martial art chinese is is got wang chung stuff like that that's what made him so popular is in the 60s and 70s when bruce lee started getting really famous it was still very hard as a white dude to learn martial arts because you had to do it twice as better. And in the 80s, that kind of started going away with, like, you know, you know Chuck Norris okay. winning. Yeah, unless your name you was know. Chuck fucking Norris. Yeah, Chuck, no, Chuck, honestly, Chuck Norris made it more acceptable for, like, the Guaylo to learn, for white dudes to learn. Yeah, and, yeah. Not only, and not only to learn, but be a badass because I believe it was Chuck Norris who was the first white world champion in karate. So the 80s, so you saw that Asian stereotype of, you know, you always want to learn from the fucking Asian dude. But then that's where Mr. Miyagi comes in. And again, so you had this this, this contrast of a, a traditional school, martial art mats, mirrors, all that good stuff. You know, what you'd expect when you walk into a martial arts school. Then you got Mr. Miyagi. Mr. Uh, Mr. Miyagi, you got to admit, he's the character himself, rather. He's kind of one of those, he's an old yeah. rocker kind of strange teacher. Like, you, want, you can tell he wants to teach the right way, but he just, he's still like... He's like that father figure that doesn't give a fuck. But also on top of that, Mr. Miyagi, again, since we're talking about John Kreese's war background, Mr. Miyagi was in World War II. He was a, and they go into it in, and they go into it in both uh, the first one and the third one. They yeah. talk about it, his 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 war record that he, and not only did he fight in World War II, and you're kind of thinking, oh, he's from Okinawa, Japan. He probably fought against us. No, he fought for America. Yeah. So, so here you have this stark contrast again, this light, this dark, this yin yang kind of concept of John Kreese being, you know, traditional martial arts, hard, mean, kind of a bastard, and then you got Mr. Miyagi, who is like light. I'm gonna teach you chores, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna teach you. This is all about self defense and the more spiritual aspect of it. And then you get into the war complexes where John Kreese's ex special forces kill, 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 and Mr. Miyagi is like, no, I've been to war. It's terrible. Nobody should do this. You know, but it's funny because by the end of everything, all of all of Daniel San's fucking uh, training, he pretty much built Miyagi a new house. <laughs> I'm over exaggerating, but you get the idea. No, he did because yeah, no, because like, the, the the first scene comes out and the first scene says, "I promise to teach you martial arts, and you will do everything I say without question." Deal. And then Daniel Sun unknowingly is like, deal, got this, awesome. I'm so pumped. He's like ready to throw punches and throw like German spinning roundhouse kicks and like he's ready to be a badass. And then Mr. Miyagi's like, all right, first step, wash all my cars. Yeah. <laughs> and he had a fuck ton of cars. He's like, no, 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 wax on? Wax, wax off. off. And that became the most the most famous thing ever. But the, the chores became wax on, wax off, paint the fence, sand the, sand floor, the floor, and then – uh, and catch paint the, the house. Catch the fly. Well, catch the fly was a little bit later. That I think that was in the second or, th- or third one. I think it was in the, yeah, no, it was in the first. Yeah. But yeah, the four chores were wax on, wax off, sand the floor, paint the house, paint the fence. So you're right. He basically built this fucking house. So so you got so you got Daniel's son like doing all these chores and feeling like a little house bitch and not learning anything. And realistically, when you're watching the movie, you're kind of like, yeah, he's not teaching him shit for martial arts. There's a, there's a method behind the madness. Though. And there yeah. is. And and then and then it comes up with that great scene. Where Daniel just freaks out and is like, "What am I doing here? You got me standing here!" And he's like, "Show me, show me sand the floor." And he like goes to bend down and he's like, "No, no, 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 no!" And he like smacks him, which is fucking hilarious. And like, and he does stand on the floor. He does the motion and he throws a kick and he blocks the kick. Then he does wax on, wax off, blocks a punch, paint the fence, blocks another punch, blocks a side low kick, side. side to side. He, he and all of a sudden, and then he's like, and then Mr. Mary goes, 
Good. Screams and, like, throws a shit ton of fucking attacks at him, and he just starts blocking all the fucking... He's, he blocks everything with all the, like, the drills. So let that be a lesson to everybody. You can learn fucking martial arts with everyday shit. So go clean your toilet. You'll learn a, you'll learn a mar- martial art, just so you know. Or better yet, if you want to be a famous singer, learn how to, like, mop up grease, and you'll be like Axl Rose when he's singing. You know what's really funny is even I took a page out of Mr. Miyagi's book. When I used to teach little kids how to do a proper downward block, and I'll, I'll film this later on for you guys who are listening just to see this. When I used to teach uh, kids how to do a proper downward block with the filler block, it's like the circular motion. I, what I would have them do for a while is unfold pants. Unfold huh. pants. I, I swear to God, I would teach kids. I would have kids. <laughs> I'd, be, I, I'd walk up to kids, and I'd be like, here's an, uh, and I, the gi pants would be inside out and i'd be like turn these pants the right side out and the kids would do it and i'd be like all right do it over do it over and over and over and over and over and over again and again i'll put it on video on facebook on our page just to show you guys what i'm talking about and then i'd be like all right now drop the pants do it again and then all of a sudden they would do this perfect downward block the way they're supposed to do it and i'm like unfold the pants and that's my mr miyagi moment you know and <laughs> there was a well, method do you, do, you, do you say it with the accent and everything like that too if you're doing <laughs> yeah yeah i wish i could do it like show me fold the pants unfold the pants show me Show me run from me now. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so like there is, there's a, like as, as a martial art instructor, there's a beautiful thing in that. And there's a beautiful lesson where it's people learn differently, right? Everybody learns differently. Some people learn visually. Some people learn by repetition. Hands some on. people learn by reading it. Some people need analogies to make something cl- click, you know? And what Mr. Miyagi's doing is just, is making Daniel son practice these motions over and over and over till they're burned into his head. Cause literally every chore took him like days day to do. Two, yeah. Yeah. Each one was like, I know, yeah. I know, I, I know paint the house was literally like a two day event. I know. Same with paint the fence. Same with fucking uh, wax on wax off was one day. Yeah, the floors and shit. That was kind of funny is uh, when after he's doing those exercises, I think it's like after the first wax on wax off or maybe he's sand the floor. You see him gripping his arms like, damn, I'm like, I'm sore. Yeah, and it's all like that. It was, it's all like those it was a lot of work. Pop. Yeah, and, well, that's and that's a great and that's another great thing too because that's building muscle in the shoulders. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's building shoulder muscle, it's building it's building chest muscles, it's building bicep muscle. Now, granted, one of the biggest problems I have with the Karate Kid, and we'll talk about that later, is out of three movies, fucking Ralph Macchio uh, never. Size. Well, no, not only does he stay the same size, but the the actor never bothered to actually learn fucking martial arts. Yeah. Wasn't he also like 20-something when he filmed The Karate Kid? He also was a goofy-looking guy, too. Yes, he was goofy-looking. He was actually 23 when the movie was released. Mm. So at the time the movie was being filmed, he was probably 22. But no, they, they, you guys bring up a good point, and that is, is that you got, here you got Johnny, right, uh, who was like literally an Adonis of a male. Like He was like that guy in high school who was like lifting weights and like, dude, like why are you this ripped when you're like 15? Like what the fuck are you doing? It comes back to the Revenge of the Nerds, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and here you got Ralph Macho, who's kind of a skinny, kind of nerdy. Like, he's very thin, very, very lanky, kind of awkward, can't really stand or walk right. I mean, like, kind of goofy kid, you know? And that's. You know, that, and if, if, if Ralph Macho ever winds up listening to this, we're not making funny. We're just describing the archetype of what was yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, I think, I think honestly, Ralph Macho cast is the first. Like in the first Karate Kid, was a great casting choice. He yes. was. Oh, yeah. He perfectly portrayed that whiny teenager who was not very self confident. And there's a thing, and I've seen guys like this all the time. And again, and I've seen, personally, I've seen guys like this all the time in martial arts who just are really gung ho about learning. And he was. He really was all about learning the art. His yeah, character. He was doing it for the wrong reasons. And he was doing it for the wrong reasons. And, and you know what the beautiful thing about Mr. Miyagi is he saw that. Mr. Miyagi saw that and was trying to gear him away from trying to gear him away from that. Like other figure, like I said. Yeah, and he really was. And obviously, you know, Ralph Macchio, you know, Daniel's son, his character didn't have a dad. You know, his mom was a single mom. You know, so he didn't have a. And and we come to find out that fucking uh, Mr. Miyagi's son and wife died in the war, which is incredibly fucking sad. So he's learning all the defensive stuff. Then he starts teaching him how to like throw punches and stuff like that. And then and then he's still getting into fights. Like they're still picking on him, right? Yeah. So. Mr. Miyagi and Danielson go down to Cobra Kai and they make a deal that like, you know, and he literally says, I come to ask to leave boy alone. And he's like, oh, you're going to come fight your battles for him. John Kreese is being an asshole. And he's like, I tell you what, not here. Let's not fight in the streets. Let's do it at a martial art competition. Right. Let's do this at let's do this at a sanctioned event, which is which if you think about that's actually kind of an honorable thing right there. It you know, actually kind of is. Well, yeah, let's yeah, not kick each other's ass for no reason. Let's let's do it. Let's do it 
in front of a crowd in, in the honorable sense rather than just no holds barred, let's kill each other. Yeah. So, I mean, so he said, so leave the boy alone for he, so he can train. Exactly. And, uh, like, okay, and she, no one touched the princess. <laughs> yeah, the prima donna. Yeah, he says that. Nobody touched the prima donna. Is that understood? Yes, that's right. And then you got the training montage all the while while he's trying to court this bitch, you know, Allie. Another great scene in the movie, which I think is just a total fodder figure, his first date with Allie, you know, he gives him a car. Like, he gives, he tells Daniel, like, pick your favorite car. Like, yeah, well, all the cars that he wa- like watched and scrubbed down. And yeah. Scrubbed, he's like, pick one. And he, he, he can't seem to get the clutch right on it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was. And so, like, so you got the you got the relationship building up. He's getting more confidence. He's getting the girl. Then there's that famous beach scene, right? Oh, yeah. Danielson's training in the waves, which again is another just brilliant metaphor for training, and that is what Mr. Miyagi is trying to teach him is balance. You know, if you can if you can stay standing while waves are crashing on you, when a punch is coming at you, you can stay standing. And then. Daniel you can dodge looks a wrench, over. you can dodge a ball. You can dodge a ball. You know, and, and then Danielson, you know peers over at Mr. Miyagi and he's doing the crane kick on a log, which is... While the sun's setting and the... the while the sun's setting and all that. beautiful. It's beautiful, typical 80s movie style shit. And, you know, he's doing that crane kick and, he, and, and then he says that he says that very dumb line, which is which is proven to be false later on, which is like, what was that? That was crane kick. Is it good? When done correctly, no can defend. <laughs> which is bullshit. Like... Let's be honest. He's just giving him some confidence. Like, this is is the one move no one will ever be able to beat you with. I also liked how Mr. Miyagi was also kind of playful with Danny. Yeah. Like, they're on the boat and he starts rocking it when he's trying to balance and he's like, oh, you look left behind the ears. (laughs) And you know what's crazy is is there's that great scene where, like, there's the the guys on the the car and he's all, they got the beer bottles and he's like, move your beer bottles yourself. And he's like, and he chops through the beer bottles. I was like, yeah, it's pretty badass. But, you know, that kind of harkens back when we were talking about, like, martial arts stereotypes, right? In the 80s and the 70s, the 70s and the 80s, there was always this mythos, you know, the death touch. Yeah, every martial arts got this secret, this secret move that can't be. De- and look, man, 20 years of doing this shit, man. Every move works and every move doesn't work. You know, like it's just they all- how you have you when you execute. Every, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah, very true, you know. Even Mike Tyson. Even Mike Tyson. See, now, now, I have I have some background in not necessarily martial arts, but with uh, boxing. It, it's kind of interesting to hear it from a martial arts standpoint and then thinking about how uh, some of the boxing stuff that I was doing, you know? Like you said, there's always a plan to get punched in the face or kicked in the neck. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> well, unless you're pie, man. And then you get the you get this very stereotypical '80s montage. Even Rocky had a montage. <laughs> montage. With well, every shot, realized, so a I, little bit better. I just realized that the crane kick is uh, was pretty much Daniel San's Kamehameha. Yeah, kind of. You know, yeah. That's kind of funny. He's like, I teach you move. What move? This move. Lots of chi. Crane kick. <laughs> So then, so then, like, so then you get obviously the montage moment. He's training, he's getting better, and here we go, right? And oh, during his training, he gets injured, right? Like, there's a there's a scene where he gets injured, and Mr. Miyagi shows his magical touch. You know the bah, 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 you know the yeah, very well, he puts his hands together and, and he does it for him, and, and he heals him, and, and he shows him all that stuff. Yeah, he gives him a healing handy. And you know, back uh, then, they were a little more hands on. They yeah. were a little bit more hands on, you know, a little a little happy ending, no big deal. Um, <laughs> And then finally the day comes. You know, we're at the martial art tournament. Uh, Daniel's son is going to be doing, you know, that. He got him a gi and all that good stuff. And What and belt are you, son? Black, of course. He gives him a black belt. And Mr. Miyagi steals a black belt. <laughs> like, let's not forget that Mr. Miyagi steals and forges paperwork for this tournament. Yep. Just saying. And that's why I had to throw that line in there. I, I knew that you, someone was going to go black because that's exactly what he said. And somehow, which is like the most inconsistent, non-believable point of this movie, somehow Daniel Sun makes it down to the finals with Johnny. But uh, not until after they play the, uh, they're the best around. Yeah, know? that was the montage yeah. there. Well, and, and what's really funny is the sweep the, uh, the sweep the leg moment was, was really good too because it was one of the kids, the kids before Johnny – when he hurt Daniel, he was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. It wasn't yeah, the Daniel. semifinal. Yeah, it was in the semifinals. It wasn't actually – it wasn't Johnny who swept the leg. It was the kid before him. In the semifinals, he gets hurt. Mr. Miyagi miraculously heals him, and he comes up for the final, gets his ass beat. It's a real close game, 
And then he busts out that crane kick and pow, winner, happy ending. He gets Yay. the girl, he gets the trophy, he gets the pussy. Mr. Miyagi, we did it! Mr. Miyagi, yeah, Mr. Miyagi gives that, that, that head nod. That head nod, that, that, that very Japanese approval head nod. Like, yes. like, mm. It's like the best moment of your life. Like, I've finally been approved. There's approval. He just nods at him, and it's great. Like one of the, one of the crazy parts about that tournament. What I love about that is that's back in 1980, right? The 80s tournaments. A lot of people don't know this. You see it in the movie, that was a common thing. It was bare knuckle, no padding, and back then it was three points to win, because yeah. three points in the face with no padding is gonna fuck your face up real quick. Now, here's the funny thing about that: in those old school martial arts. You were not allowed to kick to the head back then. You were only allowed to kick to the legs, the body, and strike to the face. So, like, you know, punch so the face. was technically wrong. That, that crane kick was completely fucking illegal. Damn. Completely illegal. It's the one thing that, and that's where we get into the karate kid being Johnny's the good guy. So I'll do a quick, right? So here we have... Uh, you gotta remember, you gotta think of this. There's a great YouTube video. I'll throw it up on our Facebook page so you can watch yeah, the video. You gotta look video. at it from Johnny's uh, perspective. So you gotta look at it from Johnny's perspective. So here we got Johnny being introduced as a character, and what does he say was the first line out of Johnny's mouth? Hey, this is my senior year. I'm an ex degenerate. So right there, he's saying he's admitting that he has had some problems, but he's not gonna do. He's not gonna be a degenerate. He, say, he even says that I'm an ex degenerate. I'm going to make it all right for me this year. It's all going to work out for me this year. I'm going to be a good guy this year. He goes down to the beach to talk to his girlfriend, where he gets into an argument with his girlfriend. Now, what Johnny does with his girlfriend isn't acceptable, but it's no way a bad guy. And here comes this dick face out of left field picking a fight with Johnny. Johnny doesn't use any force. As a matter of fact, the first th two moves Johnny does on him, he sidesteps out of the way and just trips Daniel's son. Then Daniel sucker punches him at that point point johnny puts him down and puts him down fast and quick and doesn't do it with any kind of actual pain to daniel's son other than like you know loss of breath but it was embarrassing <laughs> it was embarrassing then you got daniel's son running amok now one of the best things that in this video that goes more into it but i'm gonna go daniel's son comes to the dojo now how would you feel as a guy trying to get his life together to see the guy who interrupted you and your girlfriend having a conversation and picked a fight with you on the beach then show up to your dojo that's I'd be a little pissed, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a dick move, right? Well, also, and, also and, Daniel's uh, like the new kid in town. It could look like he's trying to make a name for himself. Right, and then you got the Halloween party. Johnny wasn't picking on Daniel during the Halloween party. He didn't bother him at all. And and again, Johnny was in the bathroom smoking a fucking blunt. It's actually in it. He's rolling a fucking blunt in the bathroom when Daniel pours water on him. He picks a fight with him. Like, he literally picks a fight. He instigates this fight. And then when Johnny chases him down, now I'm not saying that a four-on-one fight is fair by no means, you know. Did they all beat but, him up, or was it them, all of them fighting Miyagi? I thought Johnny uh, beat they, him they, up. I, they, I think it was just him and Johnny, actually. I think, I think a couple yeah, of the guys were um, holding him. I mean, at the end of the day, though, you fucked with It fair. It wasn't fair, but at the same time, was was Danielson really in the right here? Not really. He was kind of being a dick face, you know? Then out of nowhere comes this old guy who beats the shit out of all four of these kids because they're kids at this point. And then at that point, then when they make the deal, when they broker the deal, not nobody touches the prima donna until the tournament, then Danielson walks around talking shit to everybody. Knowing he can't fight nope. them, talk shit to everybody. You know, so he's being a dick. Then he enters the tournament where they forge documents, steal a black belt, lie on the entry form, and then with no concept of the rules, endangers himself and every other person in that tournament. And then he they, wins. And then, yeah, but he wins with a little fucking kick to the face. With his, yeah, like okay, the, not only I that. I like the YouTube edit. Well the, well, the best part that shows that Johnny truly is the good guy is that when Johnny loses the tournament, no matter how you look at it, no matter if you want to look at it as Johnny is the good guy or Danielson is the good guy, when Johnny loses, he's the one who hands the trophy to Daniel and says, good yeah, job, exactly. good fight. Yeah. If that's not if that's not good sportsmanship and humbleness, I don't know what is. Gambit, you, you've studied most of your life. I remember when yeah. you were just getting into it when I was when we were in high school and yeah. when I was in high school, you know, and I met your brother and stuff. Uh, you used to, okay, imagine you you studied martial arts your whole life, and here comes a dude that's been doing it for three months, and he fucking wins. What would what you? What would? What would you think of that? Not just winning, but with an illegal kick. 
Yeah, you know, you know, that's one of those things that I that I've come to kind of just kind of come to accept as a martial artist is the, and that is as a fighter. I'll be honest, as a martial artist and as a fighter, I'm decent. I'm seven. I'm like a seven out of ten. You know, I give myself like a seven out of ten. Like I'm a very good stand-up fighter. I've had you know three MMA fights. I've had a bunch of jiu-jitsu fights. I was California Grand Champion, like Daniel Sun. I was get California Grand Champion two years running. Pat myself on the back. I'm I'm really good at what I yeah, do. Yeah, but with all the self-whoring you're doing right now, what I'm asking is, wouldn't people be pissed? About well, no, that's that's my point. That's my point. Is, is as good as I am, I've seen people who've come into the gym and just have natural talent. Who just are just really good at this for no goddamn reason. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Now, my arrogance says that no guy who's only been training for like three months is gonna beat me. Let's face it, it might have been a little more it might have been more than three months. I can't remember the time frame, but it wasn't over a year. Yeah, no. So so it's a little hard to believe that this guy with very little experience would beat him. I'm not saying that he wouldn't do very well in the tournament, but he definitely wouldn't have gotten as far as he did in the tournament. He definitely wouldn't have won. You know, I, I'm just being honest, uh, you know, but I would be pissed. I would be pissed. It, it was it a good hard. Cinderella story. There's also that whole thing in the culture of, uh, oh, shoot, uh, sumo wrestling, the whole judges seppuku thing where, you know, in the end, it's the judge or the ref or whoever you want to call it. Um, their decision is final. Yeah. And as a, as sumo wrestlers, you know, if an illegal or if a bad call is made, they have to accept it. But if the judge realizes a bad call is made, that's why I don't know if they still do it. But I remember back uh, when sumo was like the big thing, the judge used to carry a small uh, katana. And if he made a bad judgment call, he would commit seppuku in the middle of the ring. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Back in the olden days. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, see, and now as a, as, again, as a martial artist, I've been to tournaments where. I've seen guys, and I've been and I've been on the receiving end of this, uh, especially during point sparring, which is what is in the Karate Kid. I've been on the receiving end where I've thrown a kick and I knew it missed, and the judge was like, "It landed two points for for red," and I'm like, "I didn't land that." And then I've had I've had moments where the, the vice versa, where you know a guy throws a kick and it misses, and they're like, "Point over here," and I'm like, "That didn't even touch me." So. You know, referees are human. You know, that's it's just a, about, that's. It's all about perception where they're at. It might look. Yeah, like it might oh, look like it connects. It doesn't. Whatever, whatever, whatever. So you had this movie, right? Great Cinderella movie. It was a blockbuster success for the for the '80s, at least. You know, it was a great high school movie. And the second one, the second movie debuted two years later in 1986. Sequel starts. They kind of continue right from that moment, and uh, the sensei of Cobra Kai. Winds up confronting Mr. Miyagi, saying, "Oh, this is bullshit." Da 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 da. John Kreese punched through two glass windows of car. Mm. Well, that's this a was, badass. Yeah, that's a badass right there. His knuckles are all fucked up, and Mr. Miyagi gets the best of him, and he's about to like—he's like, "Enemy deserves no mercy." And his hands up, and he's about to fucking chop him in the face, and you're just like, "Holy shit!" And he goes, "Part of the movie." And he comes down, and he goes, "Honk!" Right on the nose. <laughs> Right on the nose, he honks his nose. It's fucking hilarious. The be- the beauty of that part, the beauty of that honk, that honk scene, is the face that 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 uh, that the Cobra Kai guys makes. Like when he honks him on the nose, he looks like he's so fucking confused. Like, what the fuck are you doing to me? You know? <laughs> Why aren't you killing me? Uh, so the Karate Kid Two ends up with they, they they leave the tournament. You know, you know, Daniel Sun's the victor. They go home. They're celebrating. Yada yada yada. Mr. Miyagi Where did Ali go in there? Well, that's why Ali's not in the second one because she is oh, in the yeah. beginning. In the beginning, she's walking out with him. Well, doesn't he and, go to like Japan or or an Asia? Yeah, yeah that, that's that's what I'm gonna say. Is, is what what happens <laughs> is well, what happens is is Mr. Miyagi gets a he gets a letter saying his father's dying. Yeah. Yeah. So immediately, him and Daniel Sun go to Japan, like like right then and there, they just fly out to fucking Japan, Okinawa to be specific. Yeah. And and now, before we get really into the Karate Kid 2, I will say this. This is how much of a success the Karate Kid was. The production budget for Karate Kid was $8 million, mm-hmm. you know, which was a lot of money back in 1984. Yeah. Its domestic box office was $90 million. Yep. Well, that's over 10 times. Just over like 10 times. Almost, oh, actually, 11.2 if I'm if I'm actually right. I'd you know, say it's it a shame it wasn't well. over 9,000. Yeah, it, it was definitely, definitely a box office smash. <laughs> definitely a number smash. Um, so then we got number two. Again, they're going to Japan. They show up in Okinawa. Obviously, it's a... It's a man who will fight for Gambit's honor. Yeah, I'll be it, your it, hero, Gambit. That oh, you will you? Never have. No, I, I feel I, I'm getting a little wet over here. Like that's well, that, that's why I was singing it. You know. Yeah. I'm getting a little jealous. <laughs> I'll sing a song to you soon, True. 
So number two starts out, and we're, we're you know, we're they, they go they go to Japan, and immediately when they land, there's this picture, there's this poster of this guy breaking a fucking like log. That's you know? what it was. Yeah, that's where that. Yeah, was. I remember it from the video game. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. What's he's breaking his. He's breaking his big ass fucking log, and he's like, "Who's this guy?" And he's like, "Oh, that's um, I'll have to look up his name." But uh, turns comes to find out that it was Mr. Miyagi's training partner, who was actually taught by his father. And what I love about this, the second one, one of the th- key things is in the first one, he talks about like when he, when Danielson asks him, "Where did you learn karate?" He goes, "Oh, my father taught me. His father taught him." That's kind of how it was. Uh, yeah. Back in, back in Japan, they were yeah, a very intimate thing. It was a very intimate thing, and families passed it down. So it was a family martial art. They didn't get into the franchising until like the <clears> 70s and 80s of franchising and making money. It was like a family. Each each family had a different martial arts and a, a different martial art. You, you fight know. for the Miyagi Dojo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Basically, yeah, kind of. And yeah. and so so it comes to find out that here you got this guy who's awesome into fucking Okinawa who is also trained by Mr. Miyagi's dad. Miyagi's dad is dying, and he's like, but there's some beef there that we don't know what's going on. And, and Danielson is Danielson's kind of like the liaison to, like, finding out why beef's going on. And then, you know... He takes it upon himself, though, doesn't he? Like, he's like... Yeah. He's fucking nosy. He's like, I'm going to find out. I'm going to get all in Mr. Miyagi's business. Kind of. Yeah. And... Miyagi's like, don't get involved, Danielson. No, no, don't get involved. He's like, fuck you, Miyagi. But in true Karate Kid fashion... He finds a girl, uh, apparently the only girl in Japan who could speak fucking English. <laughs> but he finds sexy at that point. But he finds the girl, and obviously there's a love interest, and obviously there's just like it's it's kind of the same story. The girl he's interested in is the son of the the guy who is Mr. Miyagi's like guy, and there's all that drama. Fiance kind of thing. Yeah, kind of, and all that good stuff, so... You cannot stick your dick in my fiance! Exactly, like, you will not stick... Only the tip. Or the tip. Only the tip! Just the tip, just for a second, just to see how it feels. (laughs) No, she's pregnant! The rival old man and the kid. They hated each other, that's all I gotta say. Those two hated each other, like... I mean, I think I've only seen Karate Kid number two, like, twice... So I, just remember, kind of I just remember funny. that theme song because both all of them had a theme song, and the third, the second one was like Sato. Sato, Sato was Sato was the old man who was Mr. Miyagi's uh, rival, and the young kid was uh, fucking. Uh, the girl was Kamiki Kamoku, whatever her fucking name is, and Tasho. Yeah, Kamiko, and then Tashio was the bad guy. I don't know. I can't pronounce these fucking names because I'm white. In the 80s, no one could pronounce those names. You're right. The the Mr. Miyagi storyline is pretty simple. It's basically that his old sweetheart and Sato and Mr. Miyagi have this love triangle. It's projected Mr. to their quote-unquote offspring. Right, basically. Well, kind of, kind of, and then Mr. Miyagi decided to leave to keep the peace in the village and all that stuff, and Sato you know is like, I still that? hate you. Well, they were young as if they just had a three-way. Yeah, it's, it's not gay if it's in a three-way. No, it's not. As long as you don't make, as long as you don't make eye contact. Either. No, you can it's make a, No, no, no. You can do whatever you want in a three way. Anything you want. Just it's no, when there's there, a honey there in the middle. Rules. There are three bro rules for a three way. Okay? I'm just saying though, if 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 there's a girl in the bedroom with you, and you suck a dick, it's not gay. It was in a three way. It's not gay. There is there no, are three rules, there's, guys. There's, there's, a, there's another rule I got to throw in before you start. There is What's a that? one penis per fantasy rule, and that is of your own. For those for those kinky nerds out there, there's there's a three way rule, okay? So say me and Gambit were having a three-way with some chick and we're banging the hell out of her. There's a three three rules for the three ways. <laughs> these are called the bro rules. Two, oh boy. Just remember these. These are important. One, don't talk to me. <laughs> Two, don't touch me. Three, and this is the most important, guys. This is the most, don't look at me while I'm coming. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> wait. But there is an asterisk to the no-touching rule. And that is you are allowed to touch when you do the Eiffel Tower, when you high five your buddy, to oh make yeah, the, the Eiffel Tower. Tower or the Go Team Venture, yeah, yeah, the Go Team, the those two are fine. Anyway, so yeah, so so he's got this very triangle esque three way. There's there's more drama to it than that. There's like Sato is like big and famous. He's he's a leader of the town. He's selling the town away. Basically, the most evil thing that you can have is corporate money and corporate greed. You know, yeah, he wanted. He and, was a douche. Yes, he was the Asian version of uh, the first movie's bad guy, almost. Yeah, basically, kind of. Yeah, and, and then on top of that, you know, but he, he's allowing Mr. Miyagi to be there just for his father. And he's like, "But well, once your father dies, 
And the whole plan was that when when Mr. Miyagi's dad dies, that it was supposed to be Mr. Miyagi and Sato that were gonna fight. So the drum is Mr. Miyagi's new train technique. It's the which is actually a, a again a, a brilliant metaphor for um, using one's momentum. When you do a hook, you use your body weight to follow through. Which then you use your you, so if you start with your left hand, you go through, you hook, then you use your momentum to carry back through the other side, and you go back and forth, right? Back and forth when you're doing punches, right? Pop, pop, pop. The love ceremony is that stupid tea ceremony, which, I mean, let me rephrase that. The Japanese tea ceremony is not stupid. You know, no, it's, it's actually... it's actually beautiful and amazing, and, and it's awesome. I've actually, yeah, I've seen some... Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful ceremony, and if you ever get to be involved in that with a, with a, a love of your life... And your Japanese, it's a, it's, it's, it's got it's deep rooted, deep rooted into the culture of Japanese culture. It's very beautiful. But they do the Japanese tea ceremony. The guys eat the sushi off the person. Right. I like that one too. <laughs> but what happens is the big climax to change Sato's mind is this: a hurricane comes sweeping through Japan. It's huge. The whole village is in a uproar. It's a like a typhoon. It's a tsunami coming through. Yeah, it's, it's a tsunami, it's, right? I didn't yeah, it's, it. it's a tsunami. It's a tsunami. It's, so everybody's oh. trying to get down. The whole village is trying to get down to this like safety bunker, basically. Sato, Mr. Miyagi, every, everybody, the whole fucking village. Well, mm-hmm. for some fucked off reason, the person who decided to warn the village by hitting the gong that was up this tower was a little girl. For some reason, you you think they would have given that responsibility to you know oh I don't know a fucking adult? I need an adult. I need an adult. There's this great moment genius. where the the rival of Daniel's son I can't remember his name it's Taki or Tashi or whatever I said earlier Toshi. Toshi whatever the tofu whatever his fucking name is. So well him and Daniel's son are helping people get into the shelter. Well there's a moment when the 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 the, the tower breaks around this little kid. It's this tragic moment. It's Mr. Miyagi, Daniel's son, and Sato. They all go out to save this little girl. But while they're saving the little girl, the thing crashes. They're hushed. Everybody's helping everybody get inside. The little girl is trapped up there. Daniel's son and the tofu run out there to go save the little girl. But the boy backs off and scares off. Mr. Miyagi and Sato run out to help Daniel's son. They get the little girl safely back inside. But Sato gets trapped underneath a big pile of wood. Yep. That's when Daniel's son looks at Mr. Miyagi and Tofu, Toshitashi, whatever his fucking name is, and goes, we got to go save him. And he's like, no, I can't go back out there. And he's freaking out because it's a huge storm. So Daniel's son and Mr. Miyagi go out to go help Sato. And Sato makes that very Japanese line where, like, you come to watch me die under this log. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> Daniel's son's trying to lift it and he can't lift this log because it's a big log. And finally, Mr. Miyagi's like, you will not die here. And he's like, yeah. And he, like, karate chops the fucking log open. Daniel's son picks up Sato. They get him back to the fucking bunker. He's thankful. Mr. Miyagi and him have this great moment. He hugs Daniel's son. Then he looks at his student and says, you're dead to me. Like he disowns I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's his son and disowns him, which is like, man, he might as well have committed Harry Carey right there, you know? Like, Subaku trying to kill myself. Like, he was completely dishonored in front of the whole village. That's what happens when you're a bitch. That's what happens when you're a bitch. So, So, the listeners out there, don't be a bitch. Don't be a bitch. The moral of the story is don't be a bitch. Yeah, so the the story ends out, uh, happy times... Sato and Mr. Miyagi are friends again. Mr. Miyagi's old crush still loves him and never got married, so they're banging on the reg. Everybody's happy. They decide to have a lantern festival, right? It's like a, it's, it's some sort of big festival in the town. And during they're a lantern happy festival, they're not dead, so they yeah, do every, a lantern festival. Yeah, so everybody's happy and they're celebrating, which is cool. During this festival, the love interest of Daniel's son is doing this like fan dance and looking all sexy and out of fucking left field. Who comes like like ziplining on a fucking lantern? Comes the bad guy. He drops yeah. down. He comes in like Lady Gaga at the fucking uh, <laughs> Super Bowl and shit. Yeah, he comes Ooh. ziplining in. He drops down. He puts a butterfly knife to her throat. And was like, I challenge you for my honor. Yeah, and so like so, and then and then obviously the climactic fight, which is a great line where Mr. Miyagi looks at Danielson and goes, Hey, this is not a tournament. This is for real. And, you know, I mean, again, it's a little campy, it's a little goofy, but, again, that's one of those things. When you practice martial arts, when you're in the dojo, there's a degree of safety. We take care of each other. We're not trying to hurt each other. When you do martial art competitions, you wear safety gear. There's rules. But when you do a street fight, there are no rules. This podcast, no tournament. This is for real. This is for real. Daniel Sun and Tofu have this great fight. Daniel Sun does the trick. And Danielson does the drum technique and beats the fuck out of him. Happy day, he wins. Everyone gets laid. Everybody gets fucking laid. Except for Tofu. He's 
he's dead. Did he die? He didn't die. No, he didn't die. He's he just off die. in some corner, like really upset at himself. Yeah, yeah. Getting beaten like, by his father. Here's what's really funny about one and two that when you look back on it as a like as an adult and you watch it, you're like, Daniel's son left Pasadena one week after his martial art tournament after getting a girlfriend, flies to Okinawa, and gets another girlfriend. He's kind of a scumbag. He's kind that of a goes to boy. show you. No, this goes to show you, bro. If you're out of the area code, you're single. <laughs> it goes to show you that Danny really is the bad guy. Yeah. If you, hey, it's not cheating if you're in a different area code, let alone a different state, let alone a different country. Oh, well, not, not only does he cheat on Allie, but like he falls in love with this Japanese bitch and then just leaves her like it's no big deal. He's like, all right, bitch, peace. Well, that's the rule. One vagina per country, guys. I mean, that's fair, right? Yeah, that's totally fair. Per country or is it per continent? Per country. Sweet. Sweet. Like if, if... Let's see, what if he went and left Japan to go to China? That's a different country, right? Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there you go. So, let's segue on to the third movie, which is actually one of my, uh, fav- my uh, favorite so... ones. Yeah, so he comes back. He comes back to Pasadena. Mr. Miyagi, they're, they're, they're back in town. Uh, John Kreese is ashamed and his buddy comes in oh what was his um the quick wait, can, we, can, we, can, we, can we ask the mystery first of this because i'm kind of curious whatever happened to danny's mom yeah she disappeared yeah she's just gone she was like she's like peace out bitches i'm going back to fucking what new no york, i think new I, I, no i i think they actually addressed that isn't it like yeah she pieces it back out to like new york and danielson moves in with him right those i don't i don't remember that's what, they, i think I, they I, mentioned I, her at the beginning of the movie they explained like briefly it was like a no because like, like, no, like, 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 oh she's gone well, no, there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that great move. There's that great moment where, like, he's like, "Oh, I'm, I have to move, Mr. Miyagi. I'm gonna miss you." And he's like, and then Mr. Miyagi like opens up his like garage and like he turns it into a room for Daniel's son. He's, that, he's like, "You no have to move. You live in one car." Yeah. Like, <laughs> but Pick I, your car to live in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so now, so they got the third movie comes back, and the bad guy is again John Kreese. But with his partner, it was his, it was his war, buddy. it was his war buddy, right? His war buddy and his yeah. war buddies. Terry Silver, yeah, but it was all this ruse, and it, it, it even tells he even tells John Kreese, like he tells me he's like, no, I'm gonna befriend him, and then I'm gonna hurt him, and then I'm gonna befriend him, and then I'm gonna hurt him, and then I'm gonna go to the tournament, and we're gonna destroy him. Like that was his plan, and it kind of goes out to that. Like there's that great mo- there's that great mo- moment when he's like when he's first training with him, and he shows him that wooden dummy, and he has him like just Man. punching wood and like kicking wood, and he's like fucking up his body, and like, and I, and I don't remember why Mr. Miyagi decides not to train him anymore. Oh, it's because. Danielson wants to defend his, because because Terry Silver convinces Danielson to defend his title in the next tournament because he's no, the didn't champion. Didn't he fight someone and beat the shit out of him and like in like a fight he used it, he used it to like hurt somebody. And well, that's later. That, that's no, that, that's what's later. That's later on. Yeah, but like, that's what made him like I'm not. I'm no longer going to teach you. Yeah, kind of. And then it's like, and then Terry Silver comes around and is like, hey, you should redo the tournament. A champion's got to defend his belt, yada, yada, yada. This, and he's kind of getting in his head a little bit and he's trying yeah. to become his friend. And he is. At first, he's like this really cool guy that's giving him tips and like helping him out. And like, and he's really nice to Mr. Miyagi. Like, he shows up to this backyard and was like, oh, you were with the, and he like names his like army unit. And he's like, oh man, a bunch of Medal of Honors came out of there. You're, you're an honor to meet and like bows to him. And the whole time, Mr. Miyagi's like looking at him like, you're a dickbag and I know it. <laughs> like he does he sees right through it like he knows he's yeah, a fucking he cock rocket fucking Miyagi's all knowing all powerful <laughs> yeah he is so Terry Silver's plan was to convince Danielson to redo the tournament yeah and he keeps seeing and what he does and what he did was he hired the best martial artist in the country to come and, and challenge Daniel yeah and this guy shows up and starts making Daniel's life a living hell. And at first, Daniel's like, no, I'm not signing up for the competition. I'm not signing up for the competition. And like he goes and he, he wrecks Mr. Miyagi's uh, bonsai plant shop. He's just basically being like a terror in Daniel's life. The whole time, Daniel's like, no, I'm not competing, all right? I'm not competing. I'm not competing. I'm not competing. And like he just keeps pushing and pushing it. And that's what gets into your favorite scene where Daniel wants to give Mr. Miyagi this bonsai tree on the side of a water fountain, on the side of a cliff. And so Danielson wants to dig it up, retrieve it. retrieve it, and that way Mr. Miyagi can sell it, and they can have enough money to run their bonsai tree business. And there's cliffs and magic and stuff and like that. And there's cliffs. And during the cliff scene, go ahead, Wild, you can explain that because it's your favorite scene. Yeah, well, the, what they're doing is they're climbing. They finally, they're finally getting this, tree, this, this little bonsai tree, and it's fucking amazing. 
because uh, it's magic. And they, I mean, they're literally on the, the side of this cliff, like fucking spelunking and shit, right? Yeah, because Allie teaches you... them how to like fucking repel and shit. Or is it even yeah. Allie? Is it or is it just some other white chick with blonde hair? I think it's some other white chick. The guy, the guy just puts his dick in everything. Almost real magic. <laughs> Blue screen magic. <laughs> I don't think it's Ali. I think it's some other chick. He's like, I, I can't remember. Daniel sounds pretty much like the equivalent of a male slut. It's no, like, yeah, it is. It's a different girl. It's it's Jessica Andrews at this point. Jesus. Yeah. yeah so put- Ali's gone. They never explained where the fuck she went. But he's just now <laughs> she he's about, She heard about the, the Japanese bitch, and he's just like, nah, nah, we're not doing that. <laughs> Moral of the story, guys: If you want studying martial arts, uh, you can get laid by anyone. Yeah, Ali saw Ali saw fucking uh, the tw- uh, his Facebook page of Daniel Sun banging fucking the <laughs> Japanese bitch, and the she was like, well, she's like, why is this bitch liking your status, Daniel?" Because switching my uh, relationship status to it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> yeah, right? It's complicated. So, Which again, I didn't say this. I didn't say this either. But um, Karate Kid Three was then released in 1989. So yeah, it was 84. It was it was 84, 86, and 89. So my favorite scene, of course, they're out there on this cliff getting this bonsai tree for Mr. Miyagi. And it was, it was really, honestly, it was Daniel's uh, attempt to say, I'm sorry to Miyagi because he knew he fucked up and Miyagi was mad at him. So they're doing this and, and uh, <laughs> moving forward, they're trying to get this, this uh, bonsai tree. And then guess who shows up at the top and they start fucking with the ropes. And they're, you know, they're saying, okay, if this doesn't happen, some harm's going to come to your girl, which I mean, why does he care anyway? He's got two others on the fucking side. So and probably like five others that are, Someone yeah, that we don't even know. So they, they're threatening her life, and he's like, no, no, I'll do, I'll do it, I'll do it. And he finally fucking does it, and they go up. he goes up there, and they pretty much break the tree, and Miyagi kind of fixes it, and there's kind of a... It's a metaphor for repairing the bonds. It's a metaphor, bonds. yeah. It's, it's a metaphor for repairing the bonds. Thank you, True. But anyway, that that's my favorite scene, because it's it's actually like Daniel Sand's most broken moment, you know, because he's at this point, he's, he's actually kind of confident. You know, he won... All these fights, and th- this is a situation where it's almost he he has no choice. You either he won agree all these or you... fights in the course of like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, you either. Yeah, agree and, he, or... he, and he does. He break. Not only does he break the fucking bonsai tree, but he throws it down, down yeah, back the, down to the ocean, like, not, like see the salt water. Yeah, the salt water, which will kill the roots of the fucking bonsai tree, basically killing the plant. Yeah, so they, they take it back. He apologizes, and Mr. Maggie's like, "No, no, it can be healed. It can be fixed." And he, Danielson, flips out, and he's and he's like, "Oh, but Mr. Miyagi, I also signed the tournament. I'm so sorry." He's like, and Dan, Mr. Miyagi's very disappointed. He's like, "I'm not going to train you." Uh, he he starts training with Terry Silver, and that's when oh, he finally that's, right. that's when he finally like starts breaking the boards through. And there's that very dark scene where he shows up late at night to the dojo, the old Cobra Kai dojo. Yeah. And Daniel Sun's like, hey, listen, I know I signed this. I know I've been training with you. I appreciate all the stuff you've been giving to me. You know, yeah, he's like, he's like, Mr. Miyagi's really depressed. I'm not happy with this. This is just a bad situation all around. I'm out. And then that's when and, and Terry Silver's like, no, you're going to do this because I'm going to make you do it. And he's like, and he's like, Terry, you can't make me do anything I don't want you to do. And Terry has that very sadistic, like, really good psycho laugh. Like, that guy, that actor has a very really good psycho laugh. This is where you see the dark side of Terry. Of him, yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful scene. And he goes, what do you mean I, I can't make you? I've been making you do things you don't want to do for the past, like, two months. Kicking woods, kicking through things. He's like, and he's just reminding him all the things that he's been making him do. And he's like, well, respectfully with this, you're not going to make me do it. And as he's backing out, the bad guy, this is right behind him, and he like he goes, oh, and he gets startled, and he like scares away, and then like he's like backing up, and then he and then all of a sudden John Kreese is behind him, and he's like, and then all the pieces fall into place that he was being played this whole time, and it was all this master plan. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun. Isn't the master plan also like to open up Cobra Kai's all over the world? All over yeah. the world, just when it's the darkest, and just when you think Daniel is about to get his ass. Handed to him in the Cobra Kai old dojo. In Second walks, best part of the movie. Yeah, in walks fucking Mr. Miyagi, and Mr. Miyagi just cleans house. But Mr. Miyagi cleans house. He beats up the kid. He beats oh, it's up John beautiful. Kreese. It's- yeah, he beats and then and then he fights Terry Silver. He, he fights all three of them. He beats the shit out of all three of them. Then he fights Terry Silver and he knocks him into a mirror. And when he knocks him in the mirror, that's when John, that's when Terry Silver stands up and says, you know, our plan is we're going to wipe your dojo off the face of the planet. We're going to make Cobra Kai a dojo because Terry, uh, uh, Terry Silver is like a billionaire. So he's going to make it all popular. But it all hinges on Daniel's son fighting in this tournament. So we fast forward to, again, the tournament. This year, 
because Daniel is the defending champion, he doesn't have to fight through the preliminary. So he has to only fight all the way up to – he only has to fight the championship rounds, which happens to be the bad guy. And then again, it's like always, bad guy comes in. Now, this is a little bit more actual realistic than the first movie because Terry Silver tells him, I, what I want you to do is I want you to win a point. Then I want you to purposely hurt him and lose a point. So do an illegal shot. And so win a point, lose a point. Win a point, lose a point. Because all I want him to do is suffer. And I want everybody in this audience to see him lose. Then he's doing that. He's hurting him. He's taking a point away. And then because it's 0-0, zero, zero, then Danielson busts out this fucking move and wins the tournament. Yada, yada, yada. Yay. Yeah, that's nothing that he got like taught this time. It was completely out of nowhere. It was all the Yeah, it wasn't, there wasn't nothing special. It wasn't a crane kick. It wasn't anything like that. It was just a, a, a solid martial art move, actually. It was all uh, under the tutelage of Terry Silver is why. Yeah, yeah, but here's but here's the funny part about that. And again, why I think it's a little bit more realistic, because if that douchebag who's getting paid by Terry Silver just went out there just to win, he would have mopped the floor with Danny. Like, he would have yeah. won hands down. He only lost because he decided to listen to Terry and win a point, lose a point, win a point, lose a point. And I'm sorry, but in a fight, I'm not going out there to try to lose. So he ended up winning, and everything was happy. Everything was good. He got the blonde chick again, you know. And, and we never saw Daniel-san again, I don't know. No, actually, that was it. He went off to make many babies with different women. No, what happened to Daniel-san at that point is, is Daniel-san decided to start playing guitar and play and went down to the crossroads oh, and hey. played for this devil and then decided to go to college and on a road trip with his buddy gets arrested and he's his cousin Vinny to get him out of jail. Yeah. <laughs> then he dies of syphilis. Oh. This is uh, that's it for this week's podcast. We're gonna continue on next week with the next uh, Karate Kid movies. With the what we had two or three after this. Well, all right, everyone, catch us next week on uh, the Nerds, the New Sexy. We will continue on with the same topic. Uh, it'll be part B of episode fifty-three. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Do we have it? Do you guys have any final thoughts? No. Uh, when done correctly, no can defend. How about what this? About just uh, just uh, stay sexy, everyone. Stay sexy, everybody.